Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Mad Sounds Podcast. It's our last podcast of the year and we're joined by the Christmas Parish. We've got Matt Maynard. How are you? I'm all right, mate. Very good. I'm, I'm excited to be known as the Christmas Parish. Is that, yeah, is, I that, like that. is that like Steve Parish or Steve Parish? Is... We've got one Steve on the podcast today, but it's not yeah. Steve Parish. We've also got um we've also got Ben Wells who's improved his internet output from last time. How are you, mate? Hi mate. Yeah, all good. Thanks, all good. Uh, what are you gone for? Are you gone for Sky? Talk uh, talk. Who are you gone for? Uh budget talk talk. Um actually that's a lie. It's plus now. I'm looking at it right now. Plus not even worse. Uh, um, really that annoying northern person on the telly, that one. Yeah. Luckily no one else in the house today, so have you Lovely. actually got a new one since the last podcast? No, a new what provider? Yeah. No, no, no. I just I don't know why it's a talk talk earlier. Um it's literally right here, it says plus net. <laughs> I get I always get mixed up. But... I thought what dedication. <laughs> if plus that want to sponsor us um yeah please please go for it and uh steve Pryor, as mentioned how are you mate good mate you're under the weather though i've heard yep got a bit of a got a bit of a headache at the moment but nonetheless we're going to plow on because it's our it's our award ceremony for 2020 it's the review of the year what, what a fantastic year? year it's been um for all of us one of my favorite years lots of laughs gigs festivals in the summer going on holiday well actually matt you've been on holiday haven't you you managed to sneak one in there rule breaker i mean no it was a lived, it was a legal holiday it was when we were allowed to go to holidays in the summer um yeah right. it was to a non-self-isolation country. Yeah, legal but frowned upon <laughs> yeah <laughs> that, that was nothing now in the summer i think it was all right yeah, no we, played, we, we played by the rules you know we don't want to affect other other travelers yeah. but that's, that's fine it's fine <laughs> we, we... turkey i heard that's the rumor yeah <laughs> that is a rumor we're gonna kick. We're gonna kick the podcast off by uh, giving our musical moment of 2020. Uh, Steve, we're gonna come to you first. What what moment has uh, has tickled your conscience? Has taken your attention this year? He's inventing phrases now. <laughs> your conscience. <laughs> um, Doesn't even make sense. Well, the one I, the, I say that because the one I've picked is uh, is very is quite an emotional one. But I'll, I'll let Steve go first. See if he's got well, if he can make, match that. I mean, um, I won't fall into COVID cliches, but like the list does look different to what it would look in a normal year, doesn't it? Like the selfish part of me wants the musical moments to be the last gig that I went to, which was Michael Kiwanuka, but that would be selfish. So then I thought, what are things that have helped the wider music community? And I was really tempted to say the launch of the Boys in the Band podcast actually in April. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I'm actually going to revisit all the mad sounds arctic monkeys world cup was another highlight to be fair but i'm gonna revisit an earlier pod when we dissected elton john's covid performance to lift the spirits of the nation which was one of the most horrendous things i've ever seen but genuinely when i think back across the year of like i reckon watching that is actually the most i have laughed at anything for the entire year it was like 
build to be this thing to bring us all together and that everyone can <laughs> get together and sing along to Elton. And it was an absolute car crash. So that's probably my favourite moment of the year because it made me laugh a lot. Did, did it make you laugh as much when you saw it on the Mad Sounds advent calendar? Recently? Even more. It was the reminder. Having forgotten about it, it brought it all back, flooding back to me, yeah. We even had to name a, an episode after it as well. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was that good. Our poor old Elton. It's such a great song and uh, well, years on, he's ruined it. Also, it did remind me as well when doing the clip that... It was introduced by Posh and Bex, wasn't it? Yeah, all everything <laughs> about it is mental. Just, just everything. Everyone should watch it back. It's horrendous. I thought it was Paul McCartney that did it because you did your uh, Paul McCartney impression, Matt, before it. Well, I'm just gonna. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't, I don't even know I'm gonna do it now. <laughs> yeah, that's bootlegger. Well, um, God, well, it's very nice of you to say that, William. I don't know where I'm going with that. It's, it was better in May, I think. That impression. I love it. What, what, what a moment. Uh, what, where was he? What was your your moment of 2020? Yeah, it's quite funny. Steve mentioned about you know picking a selfish moment um, because literally the first thing I wrote down was Fontaine's DC at Brixton, which wasn't even a gig that I actually enjoyed that much really you know I do love Fontaine's DC but it wasn't the best gig but <laughs> in terms of like my musical year you know that's where it sort of started and ended in a way I guess um, oh. I've got a few things written down I've got like I've got Zoom gigs written down which I, I think I've just written down for the sake of it because I didn't actually really enjoy many if one of them I think I think the musical moment of the year is when um Gal Gadot and her celebrity mates gathered together, uh, you know, joined in arms to sing a, a rendition of Imagine by John Lennon. Oh. I think it, it picks up, you know, morale around the nation, around the world, in fact. Good for you know, morale. Watching, um, you know, watching your favourite celebrity singing, you know, an iconic song in a time of crisis. It was, it was up there with the NHS clap for me. And did t- I, <laughs> loved, I, lo- I loved it. Did, I you loved cr- it. did you cry, Wellesie? I did. I didn't cry, but you know, I, I did. You know, a bit puffy-eyed. You know what I mean? Like a, a tear didn't fall out because I was dead by then inside. But <laughs> <laughs> it certainly roused, you know, a little bit of warmth inside of me. And yeah, I mean, when Will Ferrell came on, it was like, how, how have they got all these people, these massive celebrities? Uh, Will Ferrell to come on and yeah, you know, sing this beautiful song. That you've chosen that because today I was looking at Cold War Steve's death to 2020 portrait, and both your music <laughs> moment of the year and mine both feature in that. <laughs> <laughs> How horrendous both of those were! So I'm interested to hear if the other two also featured in the uh, the death to 2020 portrait. Well, well, let's find out, Matt. What's yours? Um, well, mine is uh, less ironic. Mine is Tim Burgess's listening parties, which were actually really fucking good this year. Yeah. Um, just to name some of the artists, uh, because I did write some down so I wouldn't forget. We had Oasis, Blur, The Strokes, Libertines, Michael Kiwanuka, Bomber Bursical Club, Laura Marling, Billy Clyro, <laughs> DMAs, Joy Division, Idols, The Enemy, Blossoms, Glass Animal Shame. Um, yeah, sorry, I was stumbling around over Bombay Bicycle Club there. Um, <laughs> that, yeah, and that's just to name a few, to be honest. There were so many. And one of my favourite moments, actually, um, it was during the Up uh, the Bracket listen, which obviously is close to our hearts as we have done our own podcast uh, with Gary from from the band about that. But um, Pete Doherty tweeted, um, 
the sessions always had a strip break at 6 p.m. So Mick Jones could watch the last night's episode of EastEnders, which he religiously recorded. We had dinner and played ping pong, which <laughs> I, I pissed myself up because obviously uh, we were hearing all about old Jonesy, as Gary liked to call him, old Jonesy, who um, would just be, you know, tell the boys to play it again, play it again. He just wanted to get it perfect. But yeah, we really built up this character of, of Mick Jones and there he is just watching EastEnders. You can't, watch- you can't blame him. That was such a good era for EastEnders as well. That was that was like, you know, Steve Allen, Dennis Rickman, Phil on top of the world. Genuinely had this conversation with my family the other day like we we was like discussed that we'd watched too much EastEnders when we were growing up and I said I actually think that it was great it's grounded it's given me such an education to have watched that much like the, the best years of EastEnders oh 100% I, 100% I, saw a tweet I don't regret that, any of it no nah, I saw a tweet the other day and so obviously I don't watch it anymore but there's someone just said uh, said that Max Branning's still the chief regulator of the square and I was like <laughs> <laughs> tears but maybe for maybe feature for a future podcast we should do you know um, correlate great indie albums with uh, EastEnders <laughs> moments so like whilst Max Branning was shagging Stacey uh, the Pigeon Detectives were recording their first album I don't know just cross them over yeah. in some way I don't Although, know if that has any crossover at all in terms of time but we'll see I did see a great Twitter thread which was the greatest EastEnders moments and that was right up the top the, oh, Ma- the Christmas Day reveal Tanya Bradley they all see Max they're all there it's, they're all it's there. funny you mentioned Pigeon Detectives as well because uh, yeah, their famous tune I found out I found yeah. out your girl ah, out very good. there it is That's there you go there's the link right there up the bracket or who shot Phil what came first <laughs> oh. uh, I think who shot Phil surely they were both 2001 I think well, no, up, the um, up the bracket was, was up the bracket was 2002. I think who shot Phil was uh, 01. Yeah, you're right. Up the bracket was 2002. Yeah, October 2002. Quite the tangent we've gone off on here. <laughs> just, just, just to end that tangent. Will this end? Can you imagine the moment of the year to who shot Phil Mitchell? Just, just to end that tangent, can you imagine if, like, the, instead of the EastEnders music, I found out came on after the video <laughs> played in the living room? <laughs> Limbs. But do you have the answer? Yeah. Up the bracket was indeed October 2002. Who shot Phil? Was on the 5th of April 2001. Yeah. Oh. Quite early on in the millennium. A few days before my birthday. What a moment. So well, we have gone off a tangent, but we'll close the tangent with my, my moment of the year for good me- measure. It's quite a nice one, actually. It came only a week ago. Um, uh, John McClure from Reverend of the Makers uh, singing some songs over Zoom to uh, to people who are lonely this Christmas. Um, got a good bit of airtime on Radio 1. Got a good bit of airtime on BBC News as well. And he also... Um he touched on this thing called Memo. I'm sure you've seen it, where you can request a video message from some some gosh awful celebrities to, to do a message. Uh, Matt, I think you even got one for our from our friend Dom from Barry from EastEnders. Yeah. Not not to carry on the EastEnders chat, but that was <laughs> we're obsessed. Exactly, but um, I mean, I just I, maybe late maybe at the end we can say like suggest some pe- to, uh, we can suggest a memo some uh, some crap in these celebrities to get on there. Chesney Hawks did the premium the premium stuff, you know maybe he's up for a bit of memo as well i certainly love to get you all a message from chesney um to say you know what a wonderful 2021 we're gonna have but yeah rev rev's obviously world renowned yeah. as, a, as a as a great lad and uh really glad it got some big airtime as well because that was that was a really nice thing to see but that was my those were our moments as soon as you said barry all i've got in my head is what came first janine pushes barry off the cliff or is this it and then it's just <laughs> <out of my> head. <laughs> 
Oh, that uh, Janine, Janine and Barry was 04, 100%. Was it 04? Yeah, it was filmed round the corner from where my mum lives in Scotland, <laughs> at a place called The Rest and Be Thankful. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I love you, Janine. You know I do. <laughs> Anyway, we must move on to the actual musical stuff and leave EastEnders in the past because we're going to go for Song of the Year. What is our Song of the Year this year? I'm going to kick things off here and I'm going to go for one I think Wellesley might appreciate is Oh Such a Spring by Fontaine's DC. Nice. I think I think it's the best song on the album. I think his voice is brilliant and it's uh, it's a real it's a real slow, it's a bit of an emotional one. It's very, very heavy, but I guess a lot of the album is as well. And I was... I was really thinking about this question earlier. There's lots of there has been lots of good stuff come out this year, but maybe it's not been the best mood to listen to it. But I do think that song really reflects the mood of 2020, to be honest. But yeah. I'm going to go for "Oh Such a Spring" by Fontaine's DC. Nice. Steve, what have you song. gone for? I had a couple on my list. One which is, I think that "WAP" is generally the biggest song of the year, but I appreciate it's not very, uh, you know, um, nuanced. I feel like everyone knows that. So the, maybe the more, uh, the song I've listened to a lot, which I've loved is uh, Garden Song by Phoebe Bridges, I would say is uh, yeah. probably the song that I've appreciated most in the year. Nice. Wellsy, Wellsy big yeah, chef's kiss from Wellsy. Give him a chef's kiss as well. We had two big shouts so far already. <laughs> big chef's kiss from Wellsy. Wellsy, what have you gone for? On to me. Yeah, I, I was just scrolling through my top songs of 2020 on Spotify for ages, just trying to work out what, you know, what song I actually really enjoyed this year. Cause there's not, I don't think there's anything in sort of a real standout song as such, like in the, you know, in the indie community as such. Um, so I, the two songs I've, I've enjoyed most, I've got, I've got two here. I'm just cheating a bit. I think my, my favorite was, is Barcelona by a big moon. And it wasn't like a song, but I really enjoyed at first. I liked it. It was catchy. It was very sort of very big moon, you know, classic song, catchy hook, catchy chorus. Love it. But it's just sort of that wistfulness of like, you know, even though the song's not really about, you know, going away, it's about sort of, you know, it's a song about growing up essentially. But it's that wistfulness of like, you know, wanting to just be abroad and like, you know, the whistles at the start of the song. Mm. You know, it just gives me like, you know, sitting on a beach somewhere, that sort of vibe. And yeah, I think that's a really, really, really good song. And, um, yeah, one that I've really enjoyed. The other one, um, more of like an anthem, I guess, in a way. I, I also sort of scored highly on my list was uh, Silver by DMAs. I think like DMAs have always been sort of like this, almost like Oasis tribute acts. But yeah. I think Silver is such a big song. And like, I remember watching in lockdown, um, the rerun of their gig at Brixton, which happens actually just before lockdown. I think I was sick with March. And that song absolutely went off. And I could have got a ticket for that gig and turned it down because I was working. Yeah. Just watching that, I was absolutely gutted not to have gone because, you know, it, it's it's just like an anthemic song. And I think it's one of those songs in years to come, we'll look back in 2020 and say, okay, that song came out this year and that was yeah, a massive tune. So, yeah, that'd be my top two. I can't really pick one, um, which should be a cop out, but good choices wonderful choices yeah i think we're going to look back at a lot of songs this year and just go oh yeah god <clears throat> came out when we we're all locked inside our houses but yeah silver absolute absolute tune matt what you gone for um i've gone for lost in yesterday by um tame impala i think it's an absolute bop um it's a bit different isn't it from i mean 
it's a bit different from currents um this the that album um the slow rush and this one particularly is just like the real highlight of synth pop in the all in mesh into one and you could just imagine if this year had actually been like if we'd been able to go out that, that, and at festivals that would have been that would have taken off so i actually think mm. that because of the nature of the year that we've heard less of it because like some of those big bangers that would you know would really do well in, in yeah. like a festival dance you're right, you're right actually that is such a festival beer in hand short yeah. sleeve sh- short sleeve shirt on yeah and exactly yeah. and like i can imagine like shitloads of people abroad as well mm-hmm. like in pool parties and things like that hopefully these songs will continue and last over to next year but i'd imagine that next year will just have its own songs to play I so. yeah i don't know how, don't know what you guys have found actually sort of following from that this year in terms of songs but i've i've tended to sway to more towards like a sort of boppy song right like a sort of a low-key song i've been i've been reading through like a lot of top song lists and people have been saying like you know i can't really get into upbeat tunes but for me it's more like you know in my head if i listen to these tunes then at least i can sort of yeah you know, imagine that i'm there enjoying it yeah i i'm, I'm probably more with you there Wellsy. actually yeah I, I think that i've listened to a few proper like upbeat boppy songs as well and been like yeah this is what i want to hear right now need them at the moment christ yeah i've gone the other way i've like which i think a lot of people have done which is like searching out what's the ultimate music to play around your house or when you're working you know like <laughs> because you're not because you're spending so much more of your time doing that. yeah that's so. that's why some of the listening parties have been really good like matt mentioned earlier you can just flip one on and you'll find like an album track from one of one of these old bands that have re, you know just resurfaced recently and you just think god that there is actually always so much more to to like explore and, and go into especially with beasts especially with like 90s bands were heavy on b-sides you know when oasis sort of but that tra- uh, start of that trend you gotta have good b-sides and then loads of bands went heavy on b-sides all the way up to like the mid 2000s so yeah there's, there's almost always so much to explore Uh, moving on from song we're gonna go on a similar path to album of the year matt what's your album of the year um right my album of the year um well i good good thing i did if i was only giving the game away it was only for about a minute um the slow rush by tame impala really early on this i think it was february because i remember tweeting about it on the mad sounds account um and it was not corona times um (laughs) but um this is this album came out five years after currents which if yeah if for a band's fourth album it's quite a long way but as you can imagine kevin parker he is like the claudio ranieri of of, of music he's the tinker <laughs> man um he tinkered and tinkered because <laughs> um, it was pushed back multiple times as well um because it was meant to be released in april 2019 because they were going to headline coachella and play it and then they didn't and then they had a listening party apparently in november 2019 and he was like, no, it's not finished. He, and he just kept noticing things he wanted to tweak. So this is just classic KP, what you like, mate. It's got... A thing is that I would notice with this album, and he's worked with hip-hop artists before. He can write hip-hop beats, and that's why hip-hop artists like him, because he can write really good original beats. This album, to me, just has so many good original beats. And obviously it's not like a guitar album. It's, it's less like Currents, it's less psychedelic. I think he could write the greatest hip hop album ever. If he was working with a rapper for an entire album, he's obviously worked with a lot of um, rap artists on individual tracks. But if you just paired him up with like 
Jay-Z for an album or whoever, maybe even like a Frank Ocean. Yeah. He's got his own, uh, you know, individualism himself. So I'm not sure that how that do would you, work. Do you, think, but, do you think, sorry, do you think this year has sort of like been really cruel to him in the fact that that came out like in February, like you say, lockdown, pan the pandemic pretty much wiped the whole world out in March. Like you were saying, like with that, that could have been the album of the year and we would all have remembered 2020. In a, in a normal world, for I think for Tame Impala, like definitely, I think that would have been yeah. our album of this year. But, but uh, yeah, true. But I do still think people gave the people have heard the album, and I I think that I'm saying talking about it being my favorite album of the year, but then still not quite thinking it's as good as Currents. Yeah, I, I don't think I think Currents um, edges it, and I'm not fair. really quite sure why. Yeah, I, I was gonna say I as well. I've probably got a lot of negative reaction online not negative maybe but not i think it's quite poppy is the word maybe it's quite accessible isn't it like this is what i mean with these hip-hop beats and like th this is why i think you make a really good hip-hop album because the beats are actually amazing but i'm not sure that it quite gives you the same depth as like occurrence um but anyway just to go on about some of the tracks on the album like there's a run of three which is i love a run of three when you have a run of three on an album, that's what makes it. So you have um, Lost in Yesterday, um, Is It True, and it, it Might Be Time, and that is an absolute belt in run of three tracks. Perfect hat trick. Love. Yeah. And uh, yeah, stuff. everyone, every, you've got to love a run of three on an album. So that's right up there with the, with the best of them. Um, and then like, yeah, big fan of um, Tomorrow's Dust. That's like a really like psychedelic, very current like type tune. But a couple of like, gripes if, if we're going back to our previous podcast <laughs> we love a gripe um borderline it, it was like one of the early singles it's got it's got a good beat but it's like it's not really a song it's just like a beat and like it's not really got a chorus but it's a really good beat and yeah so again back to my earlier point and then posthumous <laughs> forgiveness sounds like a ripoff of childish cambino which i know i've discussed with people here before it sounds like redbone it's really weird and i've looked online like to see like was it sampled or and people have noticed it but like no one's challenged kevin parker about it so. can't you can't challenge big kev you can't no, you can't go to 50 50 with big kev it's like he's playing Redbone on like a on a rec 45 record but he's turned it down to 33 and it's just like slightly yeah like, yeah he's like that like when you like have slightly out of time is how it feels it's crazy yeah so um yeah in summary well i'd like to also hear you guys what you thought but yeah really good album my favorite of the year but still not quite like the best they've done so yeah i i love i loved it it was actually going to be my album of the year as well and then i had like three i was trying to pick between and a sort of sort of guess that you might have gone for it so i tried to veer away from it but not that's not to do any discredit it, it it's up there for me i actually quite i actually quite like borderline because it was released quite a while before the album came out but i i i really wanted the album to challenge currents i don't yeah. i'm not sure like, like you said i'm not sure it does i'm not sure it comes close to that when you put currents in like the elite tier of albums i'm not sure it comes into that tier but certainly something i, I have on all day like no problem at all wicked album man i would pitch everything towards lonerism rather than currents in terms of like his back catalogue more so i think um that's just a separate point really but uh I, yeah there's nothing much more i can add really that's not already been said the run of three is amazing there's some i think with like with kevin parker he is an artist where like um you will always get 
an interesting album like i don't think he's ever going to make an album that's going to be completely boring so i think mm. there'll always be an element of that there'll be peaks and troughs within it but i think it's a i think you covered everything the only other thing that i'd say which is like slightly left field i love the artwork absolutely love the artwork of that album i think it's amazing um what about you then Will? what's your album of the year i went i went for open up your head by seagulls um, oh yes took me took me a while because a lot of people were bigging them up and the first time i listened to them i thought they were a bit i, I don't know what the word is like it was a bit too sort of surf guitar-y it was a bit too and that's not a pun on the sea by the way um it was a bit too like sort of i don't know a bit bombay bicycle club about them there was a bit of that and maybe like a bit too veering towards mumford and sons but when i got listening to it more gave it a second then a third i thought like yeah this is definitely got to be a contender for one of the best albums i've listened to in a long time uh ready for more absolutely banging track and it's just a really consistent album i wouldn't say there's a song um i wouldn't say there's one that really stood out as like naff or skip to me so and as as relatively new coming as well um they could have gone into the newcomer of the year but we'll come on to that in a bit but i've gone for come for seagull big up the seagulls yeah that was that way about one it was under consideration for my album of the year actually like uh similar to what sparkly said actually i think like when i first listened to them i just thought they were just the same sort of you know generic indie pop band in a way like you know a bit like circa waves a bit sort of you know yeah that sort of thing but the album itself is very, very good. And like, you know, they clearly know how to write a very good pop song. And it is, it is, it is a pop record, I'd say, in general. It's very, it's very sort of indie pop. Um, but yeah, I think they've got big things ahead of them, to be honest. And, you know, a lot of their songs, you can hear them on, you know, their Radio 1 tunes, if you know what I mean. So it'd be interesting to see where they go from this. But yeah, I think they, they could get to a very good level. Yeah, definitely cutting through. Steve, what about, what about you? So there was a few for me under um, consideration. Obviously, Phoebe Bridges we already spoke about. It's such a lovely album. I think it's such a that is a classic album that you put on in your house for me at any time, and I think it can it can fit well. The Future Utopia album was amazing. I'll come back to that at a later point yeah. in the podcast. But I think the one that I will choose, and it is a little bit cliche of me, but I think I will choose Fontaine's actually because. Um, there was a lot of pressure on it i think there was a lot of expectation we had spoken a lot before it came out about what was going to come next i think there was a lot of um challenge to them as to can they uh, can they do anything different or like uh, like are they capable of like extending out of what they did on dog rule and i think that they really are and they really proved it i think it's such a um just such a, a, a like a brilliant album to listen to firstly like i think you, like the kind of album that's very um digestible but also really like stretches their capability i think it's so much darker than doggerel like there's so much energy and adrenaline in doggerel which comes through in certain tracks like you know like a lucid dream and hero's death which clearly are a little bit of like a um, a child of doggerel but then i think there's this whole new darker slower honestly quite sad um angle as well which comes with tracks like i don't belong oh such a spring which you mentioned earlier particularly no the closing track which i think is um i think we spoke about it before on this podcast is a, a a really great track as well um so i'm gonna go for that and partly because i'm really pleased for them as well to be honest i think like it's hot it's hard when you've got that level of scrutiny and that level of expectation um 
you know, to then follow up a second album. I, I sometimes feel like there's a bit of a willingness for it to fail, to be honest, because, you know, yeah. we kind of like to see that, I think, as a, as a society a little bit at times. Whereas I think that with them, they've kind of just, um, they've just smashed out another really great album. The kind of album that makes me excited to see what comes next from them, really. Great yeah. choice, great choice. Well, so you know you're a big, know you're a big fan of that album. Did you, did you select this one as well? I didn't actually. Again, it was under consideration, um, but just didn't make it for me. Um, I, th- I mean, I, I just echoing Steve thoughts. I think like it was, it was a really good progression for him. Um, I think Dog Rule. I mean, is still my preference in a way. Um, but that's, I guess, in a similar way to like you know, the Arctic Monkeys. The first album will always be my preference because it's it more relates to that stage of my life, I guess. Yeah. Um, but then similar to Arctic Monkeys, like the albums since have been progressions, and yeah, I'd hope that in the future Fontaines continue to you know make different music to what they had before because they've shown already that they you know they can do it and they can continue to sort of you know make make really interesting music, but not continue the same vein all the time. So, so Wellesley, what what did you bring along for album of the year? Yeah, again, I think like there's been a few. There's been there's been some really good albums this year. Like considering the circumstances, I've been really impressed with actually like the sort of standard music coming out generally. Um, I think as Steve said, Punisher by Phoebe Bridges was well up there for me. You know, comfortably top two. I think it's a just a fucking excellent album all round, really. And again, like yeah, it's a sort of album you can play in a lot of situations. There's, there's a lot of a lot of highs and a lot of sort of. Well, not not lows in terms of quality, but lows in terms of you know the beats and everything. I think Pitchfork summed it up. I, I wrote this tweet earlier, um, not a tweet, sorry, part of their review. Um, they said Phoebe Bridges will tweet about eating ass with one hand and crush your heart with the other. I think that's a really good summary of the album. Like, it's just got those complete two different sides to it, but fantastic album. But um, my album of the year, actually, I think in general it's been a great great year for women in music. And that leads me on to my album of the year, which is Women in Music Part 3 by Haim, um, which I think is a, their best album by a country mile, to be honest. I've always liked a lot of their songs. Um, you know, I've always listened to them since their, well, since their first album. But I do think their first couple of albums have been lacking a bit of consistency throughout. I think Women in Music Part 3 just completely blows out of the water there's songs throughout that you know would have would be you know their biggest song um their number one song sort of overall dotted throughout the album and i just think it's a real step up for them and it's just just full of bops and i think as i mentioned earlier like that's been the sort of music i've been gravitating to this year and i think you know songs like gasoline which is a really sort of um atmospheric song in a way but a sort of song that i can imagine you know playing on holiday something like that then you've got songs like Don't Wanna, The Step, Summer Girl, all these songs sort of just, you know, take me to a place that isn't, you know, COVID riddled UK at the moment. And <laughs> that's been quite an important thing for me this year. And I've been quite glad to see that the album has been sort of scored highly on like, you know, other various review sites as well. So clearly it's not just me who's enjoying this album. Um, it's it's in like all it's in so many top tens like it's yeah it's it's like dom- dominating the top charts which i think i think they deserve it i think because like i said it's yeah. the first album i think they put together which really hits the spot constantly there's there's only maybe a couple of dull tracks on there i'm not a big fan of a uh, 3am it's called which is a bit more of a downbeat song but it's sort of got a bit of a hit 
hip-hop element to it as well. You've picked up so much. You're, you're allowed a gripe, don't worry. You're allowed a gripe. We all have one gripe. gripe, aren't we? One Indeed. gripe. So we move on to Newcomer of the Year. Wellesley, we're going to kick off with you. You went last first time, so you're first up this time. Who's your Newcomer of 2020 bursting onto the scene? Christ, yeah. Five minutes of Wellesley coming up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I've, I back think it's been... Back for you, doesn't he? <laughs> it surprise you with the back-to-backs. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think, like I said a minute ago, it's been a really good year for a lot of artists um, in a way, in a weird way. Um there's so many bands I could, I think I could mention like newcomer years like Buzzard, 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 Welsh band got Courtin who from Liverpool, Black Country, New Road from sort of the London scene, Lounge Society, Porridge Radio, all these bands that I've been really enjoying listening to, listening to this year. But for me, it's quite hard to look past sports team for newcomer of the year. I think they've absolutely smashed this year out of the water. Um, yeah, it's been it's been mad. The acclaim their albums got like you know nominated for a Mercury Award. It's been up there in a lot of like you know albums of the year lists and you know like I I do love the album. I think it's a really good indie pop album. But for me for me it gets nowhere near like the sort of top lists. But it's the fact that they've got such a brilliant sort of support. Like they've got so many fans already. Um, the fact this album's doing so well and like you know it's changing for number one Lady Gaga and. Yeah, that was one of, you know, one of the funniest nights on Twitter for me this year, following <laughs> sports team yeah. versus Lady Gaga in the charts. Lewis, um, Lewis Capaldi in at the eleventh hour trying to get people to buy sports yeah. team. Yeah, that was. A good, it's insane. Good but it just sort of, it just sums up like the sort of the pool they have, like yeah, because yeah, you know, they they do just come across as like very normal people, you know, and they appeal to fans because of that, and like. Yeah, there's there's a lot of talk about this WhatsApp group they've got. I don't know if you, any of you have heard about it. Like, there's like a WhatsApp group with them and like some fans in it. And I was actually in it for like a couple of days. Oh yeah, quit because it, it was like you quit. I was in it. I was in it. Well, no, I had to drop out. I had to drop out because I felt so old. I felt so old, mate. <laughs> like it's basically it's basically a WhatsApp group with them and like a load of their fans in. But the fans are all you know like sixteen to eighteen. I'm I'm twenty eight years old now. How I can't do in? that anymore. Yeah, how'd you get in? It was just what? a link. It was posted. They right. did like a Reddit Ask Me Anything thing, and they posted a link on there. So I was like, all right, let's see what this is all about. You know, it's famous WhatsApp group, but it's it is famous. just like you know. Yeah, I was getting about 500 messages a day and I had to mute it. I was like, oh, I can't get involved in that. So I, I had to leave it, but it was it was fun while it lasted for about two days. And... <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> but... Love it. It's so exclusive <laughs> as well. No, but it, was, it was basically just shit posting and memes. Like, yeah, you know, like they do, kids, I suppose. Yeah. But how old are they, sports team? Uh, about I'd say the early twenties. I'm not. I'm not actually sure. I think like I think probably between twenty three and twenty six ish. Their lead singer's massive. Like he's really tall, isn't he? He's like yeah, yeah, six foot six, sort of. Yeah, sort of. Alex Rice, get him on my pod. Um, Alex Rice. They're, they're, yeah, they're run, they're really good guys, and like, and um, yeah, I think the future is going to be really bright for them. To be honest, you know, they've got already got a massive fan base, so. You know, if you're just feeding off that for the next five years, you're laughing, really. So, fair lovely. play to Lovely, lovely. Matt, who have you gone for? Uh, my newcomer of the year, well, it had to be one man. It sort of might have stolen your answer as well, Sparky. I don't know. Yeah, sounds like it, but go for <laughs> it anyway. 
Um, after he turned up in my Spotify top five, it could only be Jamie Webster. Um, and I absolutely blitzed his album. We had him on the pod, didn't we? You know, near the start of lockdown, he was yeah. telling, and at this point, you know, his album hadn't come out yet. He had a few, couple of decent singles. I think maybe like Living for Yesterday was one of them. Yeah. Um, and he's known, obviously, so anyone that doesn't know who he is, he is from Liverpool, Liverpool fan, but he kind of got a gig playing two Liverpool fans in the, in the, some of their big finals over the last couple of years. Yeah. And he was playing like the Ale 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 song, which he turned into a single, and other football chants that he kind of made into more singable songs. And he met the players, he met Klopp, and he's like a little bit of a roadie and met them in America on their preseason tour. But... So you think about this, you think it's a bit of a gimmick. And like when we were having him on the pod, I, I started listening to his songs. I thought, actually, some really nice, just like original compositions here. And like right on my street, just like simple, you know, a few chord guitar, um, acoustic stuff. There's not like much production on it, but just really nice with some lovely melodies. And then the whole album just hits and it's like, they're all like that. There's just for yeah. me, like very, like if hardly any, if any at all, weak songs. And yeah. I was also discovering new songs as well as I was listening to the album. And, and, and I'm not saying that it's in any way like groundbreaking because it's not, you know, it's kind of been done before, but in, I suppose maybe in this year of 2020, it was nice to have something just quite like a comfort blanket of music. Basically this album is what it was. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and it, and then probably never will, it probably never really will take off massively, but what a great year it's been for him. And I'm really pleased with him because he's such a, such a top bloke, you know, great classic of scousers and decent people, aren't they? So um, yeah. yeah, Jamie Webster for me. Yeah, I, um, with, I love that album as well, mainly having been encouraged by you to <laughs> properly go for it. And I think that in a way, I wonder if he um, suffers a little bit with the Football Association, because I think honestly, when you sort of made the recommendation, I sort of thought he's made a football chart. Yeah. That can't. <laughs> Like that literally can't be good. And it's such a nice album. And there's so many great tracks on there that like, um, I'm really pleased for him, as you said, as well. So I think it's a great album. And he's obviously was such a nice bloke from the podcast that you did with him. But I just, sometimes I think maybe like, yeah, I kind of want to recommend it to people because I think that maybe it's a classic case of like, you wouldn't bother sort of thing. Whereas like you should in this case. I would compare him to like a Jake Bug, for example, that yeah. album, that first album. And like, that is just as good as what Jake Bug did on that first album. Mm. But Jake Bug doesn't like football, and so, but he doesn't have the association. Jake Bug loves football. Actually, he does like football. Yeah, he sponsors Notts County. Though he sort of likes football. He wrote, he didn't even put he, he um wrote the music for that Maradona film or something or something like that. Or was it? Yeah, it's worth it's worth yeah. revisiting the uh, Dexter's pod with Tom Rowlett, where uh, he recalled the story of uh, Jake Bug set up a football tournament at uh, Notts County Stadium, and uh, Team Dexter's knocked his team out in the first round, straight knockout. So he uh, he had a good old sulk and demanded another game, which um, <laughs> no, Rowlett's like no. Yeah, yeah. Tom, I'm sure Tom put a couple of crunching tackles in. I've I've got to go for Jamie Webster as well here. Um, he like you, like you say, Steve. I think he probably does suffer from from the football association. But the only way I guess you can break that association is by going and creating something really decent, which he has. Sim- simple songs about um, you know him being on the tools, him doing gear at the weekend, him spending all of his last money on boot. You know, it's just just stuff that you know we can all relate to. And it's not it's not posing. It's not you know just. Oh not, yeah, not a product. What have you been up to on the weekend? 
Well, I'm I'm a, I'm a well-behaved boy, Matt. But um, last Chris last Christmas time was a fantastic confession time. time, is it, Sparsley? <laughs> <laughs> also, I love that we've got we've all now about Jamie Webster being harshly treated by the FA as if he's been given like a three-match ban. It's not been good for him, I think. <laughs> oh, but no, in all seriousness, a, a great album. I, have to, I couldn't couldn't come up with a different answer here. I think I knew Matt was going to go for that one. And uh, yep, Jamie Webster for me. We're going to go and see him, aren't we, together next year for sure. We'll Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Oslo in oh, Hatton, yeah, but I, I reckon, uh, I reckon these, that venue's going to get upgraded 100%. Yeah, well, I hope some freebies, right? Is the reason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll do a live pod with him straight after the set. Yeah. <laughs> Steve, what have you gone? Who have you gone for? Newcomer <clears throat> year. This one was quite easy for me, and um, I mentioned it a little bit earlier in the pod. And I wouldn't say that this is so much burst onto the scene, but I think some of you might be aware of the album, the artist known as Future Utopia. And I think that the reason I like it as a newcomer is because. Um, he is not a newcomer at all, actually, but his story and the reinvention is is quite incredible. So Fraser T. Smith, who is Future Utopia, um, is a bloke from from Taplo, who's a producer, and he's produced tracks for James Morrison and Adele prior to this. So mm. someone that we probably wouldn't have come into a huge amount of um, crossover with has created this album um, which is I don't really know how to describe it. It's an incredible listen. It's the I can't think of many albums that transcend as many genres as it. But I mean, mm. yes, that it's got on there. It's got Dave. It's got Tom Grennan. It's got Idris Elba. It's got Bastille. Like it, I don't I don't quite know where it falls, but it's like a con- Kano, concept. I think. Yeah, I think Kano's on there. A concept album that is just one of them where like you just have to put it on and just sort of stop what you're doing and get to the end of it and then probably have like a good shower afterwards because it's, it's like curious <laughs> and it's uh it is an experience isn't it it's a really just a yeah a real experience listening to it and the reason it makes my newcomer list is just because it really came out of nowhere for me it was recommended by a friend of the pod don bailey um and i'd never heard of 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 the artist but then having done the backstory i was like wow this is crazy this guy must be so unbelievably adept to have worked on you know really a lot of pop music to this point and then to put his kind of passion into this um project and get all these amazing illustrious people to come on board with it um, and i think the end product is really interesting so i have no idea what will be next for him because his kind of career has been quite um diverse to date but it really stood out to me as being the most interesting new thing i've come across this year yeah and i second that really really interesting album very thematic i would say just you know like uh, like this is those words of just yeah it's an experience you listen to it all and you it's one of those where you really appreciate the album as a whole as well when rather than listening to track by track although there are some really nice songs in there as well obviously but yeah yeah particularly like i think it's one of those albums where like you put it on and you start and you're like oh cool this is cool it's yeah cool. it grows at three and then you've got like it's a spoken word idris elba song and at that point you're like wow like this is like this is not going down the route i thought it was going down and, <laughs> like it, yeah from there it just blossoms i think and deals with a lot of serious issues as well yeah Definitely, it's uh, an al- an album for the for the times. I reckon. So yeah, that would be my uh, that would be my standout newcomer. Nice one. Well, we'll move on to the last category of the podcast, which is artist of the year. Steve went last last time, so he's going to go first 
first up this time. Double. Back to back. Double bubble. Back to back prior. Who is your artist of the year, Steve? So I think that there's, you know, there's many contenders on this, but in, in the year that we've had, which we won't dwell on because it's been done to death, but I think um, I was really keen to think of someone who was really made an impact, I think, and really like... Um, stood out maybe for music but also a little bit beyond that as well and the best example i could find on this really was killer mike i think that uh, for him run the jewels 4 came out in uh i think in january or right at the start of the year <laughs> which was a great album and and tackled a lot of the issues of the current day so by itself that is a reason for him to be in contention but i think the way in which um he as an artist like rose to the fore when the black lives matter movement really picked up momentum over the summer particularly in the states um when obviously there was a there's a huge amount of rioting and troubles he gave a, a about a 12 minute speech i think it was um i think in georgia when things are at a peak and it was one of the most uh powerful um commentaries i would say that i've seen on the issue and it was genuinely hugely influential i think for a lot of people um so just to get slightly serious for a minute he would be my artist of the year because i think that his musical achievements were amazing because he made an amazing album but i think that um in a year that's been relatively troubled like i think he's given a lot of hope to a lot of people so he would be my standout good stuff great answer as well wellsy yeah, I guess going a sort of different route in a way. I've, I've actually gone for Blossoms, um, which not really a band I've been that into previously in a way. You know, I've always, obviously they're always present. You're always aware of what Blossoms doing. They're oh, yeah. a, massive, a massive band. Oh yeah. But um, I think they have dealt with 2020 as well as anyone else, if not, well, probably better than anyone else, I think. You know, at the start of the year, they released Foolish Loving Spaces, which... You know, is their best album for me by a mile. Um, and then they continued it and sort of, I think they almost benefited from lockdown in a way, you know, the amount of like lockdown sessions they did, you know, the amount of cover versions, cover songs they produced. Um, you know, they got a whole, like a whole album out now of cover stuff and live versions of their songs they did during lockdown. And I think to have that level of motivation in such a, you know, crap situation is to be applauded and, yeah, I get like for me it was it was quite tough to sort of to pick in this category because you know out, outside of like the indie bubble, obviously there's a lot of artists who have done very well. You know, Taylor Swift released two massive albums, Dua Lipa's done really well, but yeah, trying to keep it sort of I guess like guitar music focused. I mean, Blossom's done really well, and I think that yeah, what they've produced this year has been you know far beyond anything anyone could have really expected of like you know an, an indie band in this situation so yeah i was very very pleased with the output this year yeah i love that they're doing good collaborations as well they did they did the choral and they did the cortinas they're doing big and big in the anthems as well like they weren't just sort of writing their own stuff and go here you know we've written a new track they did a couple but they they did stuff that that related to to the scene yeah. that they were trying to trying to get out to it. and it was brilliant there they're all released on all the big platforms as well which was great you didn't have to just go go to youtube to access them but um yeah i i came close to picking blossoms uh, i haven't i'll go to matt who, matt who did you pick um i've gone for michael kiwanuka um i think you know his third album came out at the end of, of 2019 so really all the adulation and fraud it's only came this year and rightly so because it was like an amazing album his second album's 
amazing and he pretty much went and maybe topped it in some people's eyes but just to get even close was pretty incredible um he won mercury and he also just became a bigger profile as well he started you know i think i remember him doing a few one-on-one interviews particularly like with jules holland um he's on like graham norton and like meeting Arsene Wenger and Arsene Wenger was like, oh, I like your music. And then he found out he was a Spurs fan and that didn't go well. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> um, but yeah. Old why did you meet Arsene Wenger? Sorry? Yeah. Why, how, how, why did you meet Arsene Wenger? Arsene Wenger was on the Great Norton show. Oh, yeah. I uh, see. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was like a one-on-one, you know, No, that him. would have been <laughs> my wet dream. Well, I mean, it already was. It just let <clears> me. On, the, um, on that show yeah and just a, a fantastic year for, for, for Big Mike and that album yeah, the, yeah the album was incredible and I think I can't wait to see what happens from it comes we've from got, him got, got, he's in the upper stratosphere of artists now he's right up there yeah he's definitely really, a really lovely bloke as well when he was like getting his Mercury and stuff like he he was so humble and like very yeah. you, felt, you really felt he was like sincere I think and, and earnest really nice guy and it must have all just blown up for him as well. So yeah, yeah. must be. It must be. We got, uh, we, we got Killer Mike. We got Big Mike. And Matt, I should have consulted you before we did this because I went for Michael Kiwanuka as well. Um, oh, you've done it again. It was. No, I've got to say you inspired me to to go back you've and listen done it to, again. To, 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 <laughs> to a lot of stuff. You <laughs> 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 little bastard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I can't really make a serious point from this one. Yeah, Michael Kiwanuka, fantastic. What, what, absolutely. Well, yeah. what, what more can you say? Well, that concludes the review of 2020. Um, so we've had musical moment we had song with that album newcomer and artist and i guess that all that's left to say is that you should go and follow us on twitter uh, we are at the mad sounds pod and if you're listening on spotify click the follow button and if you're listening on apple you should click the subscribe button uh gents thanks for joining us and here's to a better 2021 with uh, lots of gigs and nights out yeah Cheers. happy new year agreed mate and thanks to beer 52 as well um <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>